For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Do you bleed green? Are you an ultimate Eagles football fan? Well, you're in the right place. Well, you're in the right place. <laughs> This is Birds 365, hosted by the new Mac and Mac, Jody McDonald and John McMullen. Here we go, here we go! Who collectively have covered and talked about more than 50 plus years of Eagles football. Kick off your day with Birds 365. You'll get debate. We love to argue. You'll get the real story from inside the locker room. And you'll hear from some of the great football minds from around the region. You're about to become an Eagles insider. Get in the game. Join Jody Mack and Johnny Mack and join the football community that flocks to Birds 365. Birds 365 starts right now. Welcome to the NFL. Let's go. Let's go. Go. It is a football Monday here on Birds 365. Hopefully your weekend was a good one. We appreciate you jumping back aboard with us here on Birds 365 on this Monday. You got your Mac and Mac guys, McMullen and McDonald. Johnny Mac, the countdown is now officially on. We have reached single digits until when camp opens for the Philadelphia Eagles, or at least they report on Tuesday of next week. Can you feel it? Uh, yeah, I'd like to have a schedule, so I'll start the show off, uh, you know, close circuit to the Eagles. How about putting out that training camp schedule? But, uh, yeah, it, uh, when I get that schedule, it'll feel real. Um, it, it was interesting. Two teams, I think, uh, have, are having rookies report today. Correct. Back in the old days, you know, rookies would report a little bit before, um, veteran players for every team now few teams do it but right so it's not that far back in the day johnny mac it's still going on in the nfl yeah uh well it used to be every it used to be all all 32 teams now it's only a few keep that old school mentality but yeah a couple teams are already gearing up today so we're we're basically here jody we're we're here we have arrived, and as you said, you're still holding out for the Eagles scheduled when they uh, let you guys know. Um, here's one thing, and uh, we get our guys on the stream who uh, comment to us. Uh, I will say this tonight when I host on WIP. I'm done with the woe is us, we don't have Lehigh anymore conversation. Wow, good. The, I'm done. It, it, it's yeah. done, Okay. Do I wish the Eagles had open practices? Yes. Do we all wish that we could get our own two eyes on the Eagles leading up to in a season? Yes. 
It's not happening. It's yeah. 10 years since it has happened, so we need to let that go. The trek up the Northeast extension to be able to watch the Eagles go through. To, a lot has changed in the last 10 years. Even a lot has changed in the last year with the Philadelphia Eagles. So uh, now let's let's put the woe is us, we don't have Lehigh whining aside and get this season underway, and they will do just that eight days from now. And, oh, by the way, if you need to know what the hell's going on with the Eagles at practice, I give you John McMullen. He will be there every single day. He'll get complete grass time with every other Eagle beat reporter. You can get your firsthand account of what goes on in the Eagles' workouts. I'm not ready to call them practices yet. When they run their first 11-on-11 drill, then it will officially be practice. Until then, it's just the workout. Uh, John will be here to report all the workout activity, eventual practice activity. You'll know exactly what the hell's going on because John McMullen will tell you so. Yeah, oh, well, I would, I will do my best, Jody. Let's put it that way. But yeah, I'm one of the people. I'm not complaining about making the trek up to Lehigh. It's fine for me. I'm not concerned about that whatsoever. But uh, I, I'm just looking at the list. Actually, there are. I I already got to correct myself. There are still more teams that bring in the rookies early yeah. than not. Uh, the, the Bills and the Raiders are the first teams in, and they're in today. Uh, and that's what I was talking about. It's about, uh, you know, half and half, I guess, but still more um, bring in their rookies a little bit early. Not the Eagles. Why bother? No. Why bother? <laughs> and again, I will call them practices when they actually go 11 on 11. The less is more Philadelphia Eagles. We'll see if it works for them this year. It makes me roll my eyes, but uh, I will not declare it a mistake because we don't know that that's the case until they actually get uh, playing games and the like. All right, uh, Johnny Mac, I saw an interesting uh, uh, spot on one of the Eagle websites that I check every single day um, and uh, inside the Eagles. And they asked an intriguing question that I thought would be fun that you and I could start with today. we got two good guests joining us, by the way, Scott Grayson, our bud, uh, sports anchor from Fox 29, going to join us in less than uh, 20 minutes from now. And then our favorite, can I use the word curmudgeon? Yeah, sure. Does He's the word curmudgeon. curmudgeon fit for our boy Bob Groats of the Delco Times? He can out curmudgeon me, so that's pretty impressive. I love whenever we get Groats on. He's a hard hitter, and he just doesn't tell you that the glass is half full when it's half empty. Uh, so Groats is going to join us a little bit later. We can run this by both of those two guys. You and I are both optimistic for the upcoming Eagles season. We're definitely uh, projecting and predicting double-digit wins. Uh, you and I both are at 11, as a matter of fact, which is a pretty damn good season uh, if the Eagles can go 11-6 and six this year. So don't, please don't paint either one of us as uh, Bob Groats, uh, pessimistic. No, we're both optimistic, as a matter of fact. But from time to time, we'd like to look at things through a pessimistic prism so that we get some balance to what is going to transpire in this upcoming season. And they chose to do this on Inside the Eagles today. Eagles scapegoats. If, as John McMullen and Jody McDonald project, the Eagles don't win 11 games, they don't win 10 games, maybe they don't even win nine games, which would only equate to what they did last year. And if they don't get nine... They're not making a play. They're not getting into the playoffs. This is not going to be as it was a couple of years ago. 
a historically bad, nobody gets to 500 division. So if they don't get their nine win, they're not making the playoffs. It probably not happen. Neither John or I are predicting or projecting that, but it could happen. We can't discount it 100%. If the Eagles have an underachieving season, Johnny Mac, somebody's got to feel the wrath. Somebody's got to pay a price. Somebody's going to feel the hammer of that lack of success. Eagles scapegoats for the 2022 season. What order would you put potential Eagles scapegoats in before we even get our first workout of 2022 underway? Uh, potential order of scapegoats. I would say number one would be the quarterback because it's always the quarterback. Um, you know, but I, I, I put Jonathan Gannon in, in the conversation. He's 1A. Uh, and, you know, Jalen's so likable, uh, John, but you know, by the way, I don't know why people don't like Jonathan Gannon. If they, yeah, if they got to spend five minutes with him, they would like him. But for some reason, the fan base, well, we know why, because yeah, he, doesn't, you know. he doesn't play the way they like. Yeah. Um, so he's, uh, on that list. And then I think, I think Nick's pretty insulated this early in his career, the head coach is always going to get um, criticism. But as far as being a scapegoat, to me, scapegoat means you're losing your job. You're getting fired. Nick's not getting fired this early in the process. Um, so you would have to look at probably Shane Steichen as as sort of number three if if things go wrong. Because then you'll have the the pressure from above the Jeffrey Lurie come looking for Mike Rowe type situation. We got to make an example out of somebody. It might even be lesser. It might be Kevin Petulo. might be Brian Johnson because Jalen Hurts failed. But one of those key lieutenants to, to Nick Sirianni would be the next in line to pay the price. But uh, the most obvious are the quarterback, uh, who will pay the price, in fact, that they will look for another quarterback, they will go in a different direction, and the defensive coordinator, um, you know, might might take a big hit as well. I think you've got them in the exact right order, uh, J-Mac. Uh, it's quarterback one, it's defensive coordinator two, it's fill in whatever other coach you want to name, not name Nick Sirianni, on his staff as number three, and two guys who probably aren't going to make the list because, yes, I agree with you and um, you you defined it well. Scapegoat means more than just critique from Eagle Nation. There, yeah. there, there's some pressure applied thereafter, maybe the ultimate pressure of losing your job, uh, but certainly uh, some pressure applied uh, from above. Out of these two guys who neither one is going to make the top three of the list, but they'll certainly feel pressure if the Eagles have a major underachieving season. Who is there more pressure on? And I guess it all depends on how the season goes, and we'll define every single little aspect of it, where the Eagles came up short, why the Eagles came up short. Is there going to be more pressure applied to Nick Sirianni or Howie Roseman? Because let's be honest, Howie Roseman has gotten a lot of praise. We understand that Howie is a lightning rod <laughs> guy here in town. Uh, some people love him. Some people can't stand him. When he does well, those who can't stand him, run and hide when he does poorly. Those who want to defend him are nowhere to be found. We get it. There are people that are 
of split opinion on Howie Roseman. Most people this year, those that like Howie, have been front and center. Look at a great job Howie's done, blah, 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 which include John McMullen and Jordan McDonald. Uh, and the Howie haters have kind of fallen off into the uh, netherworld. Yeah, where are they? Where's yeah. those apologies, by the way? They're, they're... I, I never get an apology, Jody. Not once. You've been on the air since 1990 in Philadelphia. Have you ever gotten an apology? To some For me? Way? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Have you? I've yeah. never gotten oh, yeah. one. I've yeah. never uh, gotten one. Uh, I got a couple over the years. Um, not Few and far between, we'll yeah. put it that way, yeah. but I have gotten a couple. Um, Howie's gotten a lot of praise, and we among them uh, heaping it on him. If the moves don't work out, if the guys that he brought in aren't what they're supposed to be, if the draft class, which we think has been spectacular, really doesn't make near as big a difference as we thought, A.J. Brown ends up getting hurt and isn't the compliment to Devontae Smith that we thought he was going to be. Is it going to be more on Sirianni that these players underachieved, that the coach didn't have them in the right position? Or will people scrutinize the general manager and go, See, we told you one day, it's still how stinking Howie Roseman. Where are all you Howie Roseman loving? It didn't work. Who do you think is going to be on a hotter, under a hotter spotlight, the GM or the coach? From well, the, and, and the most important guy, of course, is the manager. Uh, McDonald's going to have his opinion. McMullen's going to have his opinion. Jeff McClain's going to have it. Yeah, they're all going to uh, – every precinct will be heard from. The most important precinct, of course, is the owner – who do you think more scrutiny falls well, on if the Eagles underachieve? It's different, right? Because the owner, it's not going to be Howie. Well, you know, you, you you don't have to worry about Howie's job security. So we're when we're talking about scapegoating, you don't have to worry about that. You can be angry at him, but he's not going anywhere. Um, then we talk about the the uh, head coach, and I think he's he's somewhat insulated by the quarterback because I think. I think the early narrative will be if they underachieve this year, he will get that excuse. If AJ Brown doesn't perform up to expectations, if he gets hurt, that's nobody's fault. I mean, yeah. If he doesn't perform up to expectations, they'll say, well, we saw him play well in Tennessee. He didn't play well here because of the quarterback. You move forward uh, with a different quarterback and and Nick has that insulation, Uh, but the clock will start ticking. You know, then you start saying, all right, in 2023, if things continue to go in a negative direction, then Nick is really on the hot seat. Um, So he's got 12 months of insulation, I would say. Uh, As far as scapegoating, look, the on-field is the on-field. The coach is going to get more blame for that during the, the, as it's going on. Um, How he's not liked by a lot of people. Some will argue he's not likable. Um, I disagree with that, but uh, he doesn't come across maybe uh, the way some people will like him will to the point where the average fan will like him. So he's always going to take hits. Same thing with Gannon. They just don't like the way he plays defense. So they don't like him. doesn't matter. Success, failure. I want sack, 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 sack. Uh, doesn't matter unless they come up with a Super Bowl championship. Everybody's going to say, you got to be more aggressive. You got to be more aggressive. You got to be Buddy Ryan. You got to be Buddy Ryan. Just the way it is. Um, With Howie, he's always going to get criticism. Always, always, always. But he's not in danger of losing his job. So if you talk about scapegoat to me, no, he's not going to be the scapegoat. 
but either's the head coach because the head coach has insulation from the quarterback. Um, the only difference is the clock starts on Nick Sirianni if they have a bad season because you can't have two bad seasons in a row. That's so it. 2023, you know, new quarterback, excuses, very, very similar to what we say this year about Jalen Hurts. You know, people, whether you want to call them excuses, explanations, people would make, well, he's a young quarterback. He doesn't have weapons, blah, blah, blah. Um, some of that true. Uh, certainly the the young part, the evolving part, you know, people make, you know, they grade them on a curve. And now they say he's got everything. He's got A.J. Brown. Devontae Smith's got some experience. Um, you got the great offensive line. You got the number one rushing game. You got a great tight end. On and on and on. You got everything in place to succeed. No more excuses. That's what everyone says. That will be the coach next year. You got a first-round pick at quarterback. You got these same players that underachieved. No more excuses. So I think the clock would start ticking, if that makes sense, on Nick Sirianni. Uh, understood, and we also understand that it's very difficult to take uh, personal tastes out of it, although that's what Jeffrey Lurie is going to be asked to do. When the season's over and done with, he should be able to just objectively look at why the Eagles didn't achieve what most people thought they were going to achieve and put his uh, overall feelings about Harry Roseman and the length of time that Harry Roseman's done his deal, his uh, job, as compared to uh, the head coach will only be two years. If the quarterback is the main reason, and, and Jalen Hurts just isn't a guy that you can watch play and determine, right, here's a guy you want to go forward with, and he's going to be your quarterback for the next several years. Who's more to blame for that? Certainly Jalen himself is, but someone uh, has to be hold hands with him on that evaluation. Is it the head coach who didn't get it out of him, who couldn't coach him up to be able to be good enough? Or is the general manager held accountable because, hey, you had all offseason to go get another quarterback. Yeah, we know you inquired on Russell Wilson. Couldn't get it done. You inquired on Deshaun Watson. Couldn't get it done. Maybe you could have gone in another direction and, some point you stood back and go, all right, never mind. Jalen's our guy. Who gets more critique, the head coach or the general manager, because the quarterback proves he's not the man here in Philadelphia? I I think the head coach, because a, a lot of it is, um, you know, the, the thought process that um, how he went after big name guys, but he wouldn't, you know, it, it, there was no interest in the Baker Mayfields of the world or the Jimmy Garoppolo's of the world. Uh, the Eagles weren't interested in a lateral move or a slight upgrade. They wanted to hit a home run or nothing. And that's because supposedly they believe in Jalen Hurts and his ability to evolve. Well, who, who's got to evolve the court, the quarterback. That's the coaching staff, not only Nick Sirianni, but Shane Steichen, Kevin Petullo, Brian Johnson, but Nick's in charge of that. So if he regresses, instead of uh, progresses. And I don't think anybody in the Eagles certainly believes that's going to happen. It hasn't happened in his career to date. It wouldn't make sense to happen now. Um, if you think about this is the first time since his dad was coaching him in high school, he's had the same coaching staff, the same continuity in theory, you should get better. Now, the back end of that, Jody, is everybody's got that Tampa tape now. Everybody in this league, it's a copycat league. Now, I always say, 
it is, but it's a very slow moving copycat league. That's when you get to the off season, they get a chance to sit back. All they do is look at tape and look at film say, Oh, look at what Tampa did to stop Jalen hurts. Everybody's going to try to do that. Now, everybody doesn't have Vita Bay blowing up the, the offensive line. Everybody doesn't have linebackers that can run. Everybody doesn't have safeties who can make plays. So you could maybe want to copy it, but not necessarily copy it. So it's going to be an interesting cat and mouse game. You know, there is one thing, and I'm writing about this, and it'll be up soon, but um, it, it, this team didn't use any motion last year. They were 32nd in the National Football League when it came to, to movement, pre-snap movement. And, you know, when Doug left and Doug was fired, the narrative was, all right, um, you know, gotten a little bit stale, not creative. You bring in the young, innovative guys, 32nd in the league with pre-snap motion. Now, you're talking to a person where I think that stuff is way overblown. I say all the time, you probably heard me say, Jody, people do not judge play calling. They judge play results. That's what they do. They don't understand it, but that's what they do. So it's not. It's more the perception of the re, than the reality. But the perception is who's creative, right? Who's creative offensively? Sean McVay, Andy Reid. All these guys with the pre-snap motion, the eyewash, as Jim Schwartz would like to call it. Sean McVay himself calls his offense, and I love this term, love it, the illusion of complexity. It's not complex at all. He's trying to fool the defenders. He's trying to get them shaky. He's trying to get their eyes moving. He's trying to get them nervous. The illusion of complexity. It's, it's not complex at all for the Rams. It looks complex for young defensive backs who lose their discipline, lose their eyes, lose what they're trying to do because players are moving all around the field. That's what the casual fan thinks is creative. It's not necessarily creative. My, my point of this whole dissertation, Jody, is the perception of Nick Sirianni, if he just lines up and plays football, will very quickly become he's not creative. And that's a 40-year-old guy who came in here with the billing up. He's going to be innovative. Doug's stale. Doug's this. Doug's that. And all of a sudden, they don't move at all. They played the Dallas the, – the game on Monday night where they got blitzed by the Dallas Cowboys early in the season. They didn't have one motion play offensively. I had to go back and look. Not one. Not one, which is kind of amazing if you think about it. For me, but, the, maybe the only thing that's more overstated is the fact that, oh, this is Jalen Hurts' second year in the system with the same coach and the same – okay, that's going to make a hill of beans difference. We'll see. Um, I I don't necessarily buy that, but that's why we have Birds 365, so we can talk these things out and see what is or isn't overstated. Uh, we are going to share the stage next. Coming up, Scott Grayson from Fox 29 is going to jump aboard. He's John McMullen. I'm Jody McDonald. It's Birds 365. Go for the pulse and the pools. Go for the ooze and the oz. Go for the bubbles and the bubbly. Go for the story and the stories. 
go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Action News at 11 with Rick Williams. It's the team you trust to bring it all together. The stories that impact your community. A sports roundup for the locals. And the AccuWeather forecast you depend on. Action News at 11 with Rick Williams. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Again, you can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh huh. Go for the pulls and the pools. Go for the ooze and the oz. Go for the bubbles and the bubbly. Go for the story and the stories. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. So eight and counting for us here on Birds 365, which means eight and counting for our next guest, too. Uh, he is the sports anchor for the outlet that broadcasts the Eagles more than any other station here in town. On the TV side, that'd be Fox 29. Scott Grayson jumps in with us here on Birds 365. Mr. Grayson, you ready to get outdoors and uh, do some Eagle B-roll? I tell you, uh, this week, maybe not so much. It's been pretty hot out there, <laughs> Yeah, it's going to be a hot one this week. I think we got eight days of 90-plus, so I'm glad the Eagles are are starting next week at least. Uh, maybe yeah, hopefully it's – We'll get a, yeah. a little bit break in the weather, Scott. Um, it's not like it used to be with the two days and this kind of stuff. No, yeah, we shouldn't complain. And we're going to only <laughs> be out there for an hour and a half, so thanks to Nick Sirianni for that, uh, although I think it comes from the top. But whoever's in charge, I thank them for that. Uh where should we start, Scott? Uh, Jody and I were talking about expectations and about, you know, the thought process of, of they've gotten to the point where, you know, two things can happen. 
you either live up to the expectations and everything is is hunky dory, or glasses half full. Things are not quite as good as they were projected to be. And then comes scapegoat season. Who 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 was more likely to be scapegoated if the Eagles don't live up to expectations when you look at this team, this ro- roster? Could be on the field, could be off the field. I didn't think more than anybody else it is Jalen Hurts. I think it is, uh, look, we said last year he didn't have some of the pieces around him he needed. This year, you have that. He has everything he needs to succeed on offense. He has been given, uh, you know, a full year of starting under his belt. He knows what to expect. He has all that stuff set up for him. He actually has a better defense on the other side of the ball that should help them, in my opinion, get some better field position than they've had in the past as well. Um, you know, with Nick Sirianni, look, he, this is only his second year. Uh, his contract is obviously going much longer. With Jalen Hurts, this is the year. You, you put up or shut up this year. And uh, look, it, while he is the big scapegoat in my mind, I also think this guy thrives in this position everywhere he's been in his career from college, you know, all the way through up till now. Let's see if he does it again. You know, he we've seen him. He looks like he's been working hard this offseason in the weight room. And uh, I got to believe the way he is, what we know about him, that he's been doing that behind the scenes mm. with film as well. Um, so I think if you look at it and say, OK, he is going to be the big scapegoat in my mind if things don't go well. I also say this guy has thrived in these situations. And if you look at their schedule, the football gods are smiling down on them. I, I think it's set up for them um, yeah. and for him, yeah. for him to possibly have a pretty good year. Scott, uh, we talk a lot about what we believe the Eagles are going to do on offense this year. Well, no one really knows until they get out there and mm-hmm. they actually start uh, running some plays. But with the major addition, they made it wide receiver, A.J. Brown. You've got to believe they're going to try and – pass the ball more than they did last year. It's not going to be hard since they were the most run-heavy team in the National Football League this year. They made it work for them. But we all project that they're going to try and be different this year and be more pass-heavy. If that's the case, how much of the Eagles' passing offense is going to include the running back position? Last year was not a major part of the Eagles. The passing game wasn't a major part of the Eagles. And if the passing game is down, the passes to the running backs are going to be down. What's going to work for the Eagles out of the backfield this year? A lot of people are projecting Kenny Gainwell to have a bust-out type season. He caught the ball for under 200 yards last year. Miles Sanders was great as a rookie catching the ball out of the backfield. Hadn't done diddly the last two years. How much is throwing to the running backs going to be part of the Eagles offense this season? I think that's a great point. And that's going to be kind of the X factor in some of these games, Jody, when you look at it, this team did not, you know, utilize that position a lot in terms of, of throwing the ball to them, but these are guys that can succeed in space. Miles Sanders can succeed in space. He's just got to be able to catch the ball first, which at times in the past has, has not been uh, easy for him. Kenny Gainwell, I agree with you, could end up having a huge year. Um, just simply playing it out, the game of chess, right? A.J. Brown gets covered or double teamed. They stay you know, tight on, uh, say, Devontae Smith out there. Well, where do your options end up being? If they're overplaying a certain spot on the field, somebody's going to be left wide open. And a lot of times it could be that running back that leaks out of the backfield. Sometimes it may not even be the designed play, but you have a great offensive line like they do. You get enough guys blocked long enough, and a a running back leaks out of the backfield and suddenly has 10, 15 open yards in front of them. 
I think that could be a huge part of this offense uh, when you stop and look at it. Because I agree with you, they are going to look to pass more this season. Like you said, they really can't pass less. Um, and I think that when you have this offensive line as, as solid as it is, the big caveat, as long as it stays healthy, um, th- that you really could end up having a great offensive year this year. I, I still think the running game is going to be a big part of it. They want to keep the threat of Jalen's legs alive every game. So you're going to see some of those calls where he does take off and go on, 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 a, on a designed uh, quarterback run. But they also want him to stay healthy, and, and that's going to be a big key too. But I think that's going to be something to watch early in the season with this team is, yeah, everybody's all jacked up about A.J. Brown out there. The opponents know about him. Devontae Smith had a good rookie year. They're going to play up on him as well. Um, you know, either tight ends or your running backs are going to have to be the ones that, that catch a bunch of those passes when those guys are covered. And I think Kenny Gainwell is a guy who really could have a big year. Uh, when it comes to in Kenny Gainwell, because I'm I'm with you, Scott. He he's got tremendous natural ability as a receiver, whereas Miles does not. Um, so I think those two are going to be clearly defined as sort of Miles as the early down back, the the RB one, so to speak, and Kenny's going to be the the third down back or or and the hurry up back. But I and I've heard this floated by people with the Eagles. And Jalen Hurts is so effective as a runner. Um, you know, you take away some of those outlet plays. Whereas somebody like Phillip Rivers, who this coaching staff can't stop talking about because he's such a smart player and they love him so much. And, you know, he would have to dump the ball off to an outlet receiver, um, a, a running back. Jalen Hurts, if he dumps the ball off to Kenny Gainwell, you might get 10, 15 yards, as you said. If he holds the ball and runs it, he might get 20. And it ends up being a better play. And the Eagles are are sort of on that tightrope, as you mentioned. I want to keep them healthy. But how do you keep them healthy? Design runs, I think you want to scale back those and say third down. Go get the first down. That's the most important down. Do it by hook or by crook. That philosophy. What do you What do you think of it? I understand it, um, but you you know, and we've seen this with quarterbacks in the past. You can tell them you want them to do something, and when they get out in that open field or they have that that opportunity to go get, you know, say it's three four yards on on one of those um, you know read plays that that, that Jalen does so well. You know, that's a design play. He reads it well. Um, they have the tools to do it. Uh, do you do it that way? Or do you drop back and let the play develop and see what he might be able to get on his own with his legs? Here's the one thing we all know coaches do. When they see they have their number one quarterback, not necessarily a franchise quarterback, but they have their number one quarterback, they all get scared about that guy getting hurt. So then they start limiting the opportunities with hits. How many times can that guy get hit? You know, and they want to start limiting that. We saw that with Wentz. We've seen that going all the way back to even Randall Cunningham, uh, you know, with this with this franchise. And, and they want that quarterback to not take those hits um, because you've seen even with Michael Vick, you know, they can eventually get caught by somebody and it can knock them out of a game for, for weeks. This team can't afford that. So I think you're, I'm curious to see uh, how much of a conscious effort is made to keep the hits off this guy. It's part of his game. You know, you can't take him away from running the ball. 
but um, in key spots, are they going to say this is a time where we need to let him go? And then are there times where, you know, and I think we're going to learn some of that early in the season, what he's been coached to do when he gets outside that pocket. Are his eyes staying downfield? Because we've seen he missed guys last year because he took his eyes off the field once he rolled out of the pocket. Will he keep his eyes downfield? Let that be a weapon for him because the defense is good. You know, going to stay put to honor his speed, and that allows a receiver to find a hole somewhere. Well, if you keep your eyes open, John, I'll take your 10-yard gain and I'll raise you 30 yards because he hits a guy downfield. Um, are those the things we're going to see from Jalen Hurts? And I think we're going to figure out pretty early in the season. Unfortunately, we've got to wait till the regular season to really see what happens. But I think that's going to be a big key. And 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 he's got to trust his running backs out in the field in the flat like a, like a Kenny Gainwell. I could go get 20 maybe, but I'm going to take a hit. If I can get Kenny Gainwell to get me 10 in a first down, you know what? That's good enough. Scott, uh, let me ask you about something we've been kicking around for the last several weeks here on Birds 365 in analyzing the roster. And that's the only thing we can be doing at this stage because they haven't actually started the uh, season yet. Um, one area that does kind of look like a potential weakness is backup tight end. We all believe Dallas Goddard is sitting on a big year. He got paid last season. He went out and performed and had a tremendous statistical year, specifically after Zach Ertz left and he became the unquestioned go-to guy at tight end. Well, he's that again this year. And Eagles roster has a bunch of maybes as their backup. Now, we're crossing our fingers that Dallas Goddard's good to go 17 weeks this year. But you never know. There's always the possibility of injury. He does play the game and the position very hard, which means anything can happen any given week. He could go down. Do you think Howie Roseman is good? Do you think this coaching staff is good with the tight ends they have here? Do they believe they have the guy who's going to step up and fill in if Goddard goes down? Or do you think that's an area where Howie is still out there scouring the league and going, yeah, I got to get a better backup tight end? I think that's one spot uh, you hit on, Jody, that they could potentially look to see who starts getting cut when the when the cuts are made. Uh, the, the, this team does that. They they scour that wire all the time uh, when those cuts are made and we get down to that point in the year. Where can we pick up a better option uh, than what we have? Yeah, I agree with you. Dallas Goddard, is uh, he deserved to be paid. I think he's definitely shown that he can play that role well. And I think tight end on this team is going to be a huge position this year. I think there's going to be plenty of opportunities for that spot on the field to really move the ball down the field because I just fully expect that that uh, you, you know that, that Devontae Smith and AJ Brown are, are going to get a lot of attention on the outside. So the middle and 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 guys that fly into the outside after those holes are vacated uh, on an out route or things like that could be wide open for a guy like Goddard. And I think he can beat most linebackers off the line. So he's a, he's a matchup problem. But you're right when he goes down. Then what do you do? Uh, you don't have that guy right now. And, and now maybe you have some serviceable guys, but you're going to have to readjust your offense to say my tight end is not going to be my, you know, my big threat when my rod receivers are covered. So I, I think, you know, they're, they're going to be watching. I think how he's good has shown that he can be good with his coaching staff when he works together with them and watching those wires and saying, okay, hey, this guy was cut. I want him and how we go get him. And, and they, can, they can try to fill in some depth there. But that is a spot of concern for sure, Jody. Uh, another spot uh, that, and I'll give a hat tip to our buddy Jeff Kerr and the people at CBS. Um, it's the list. It's the season of list, uh, Scott. Everybody's got <laughs> list out. Um, they did their top players over the age of thirty. 
Now, the Eagles have done a good job over the past two years sort of repopulating this. A.J. Brown's only 25. You mentioned Devontae Smith. Um, looks like a really, really good player. Jordan Davis, Nicobe Dean this year, they're, they're getting younger. They're getting more talented. They're getting better. But still, the majority of the proven good players on this team are over 30. And three of their top over 30 players were Darius Slay, Lane Johnson, Jason Kelsey. 31, 32, 34. You know, Jason's going to be 35, I think, in December. Lane's going to be 33. Starting to worry a little bit, Pletcher. You can add Pletcher to this list. Um, You're starting to worry a little bit that too many of the good players on this team are a little bit too old, or is that uh, sort of too much hand-wringing for the offseason? No, you, you, age is a key, age I feel like is a key uh, number in football more than any other sport. You know, you could look at baseball and see 40 year olds still succeeding, unless you're a punter in the NFL um, or a field goal kicker, your age doesn't matter. But uh, everywhere else, I think age is a big key of, of when the wheels are going to start to fall off the wagon. Not, not for every guy, but for most of them. And so I think there is concern there, but John perspective is such an interesting thing because as you pointed, uh, pointed out this team uh, just two years ago was that that's what we were all screaming in the off season. This team has to get younger. They can't continue to operate at that age and be successful. And they have found success through youth in, in every position along the way that they, with the players you mentioned, they've added through the draft much better, which has been a big key because We've all ripped Howie for some of his draft performances in the past. Um, and I think as you look at some of those players, you do worry about the age. You know, how's Brandon Graham going to re- respond from this injury? And he's had a full year almost to to get over that, which is great for him. And and I do expect him to come back and have a good year. Um, but you don't know. And Jason Kelsey's been talking about retirement for five years. Um, but mentally, he seems like he's fired up for this season and really wanted to come back and see what could happen. Um but, you know, Fletcher Cox, uh, when we could talk about whether bringing him back was the right thing to do or not, um, I, I think he's going to be more of a depth player, which is, well, now you worry about, well, how's he going to respond to that? Uh, that's not something he's had to do much in the past. Um, and so, so I think age is a concern for some of these guys. Um, Darius Slay is one of those guys. Uh, you can see the guys who take care of their body, I guess is a good way to put it. Um, and when you see a Darius Slay running around, I feel pretty good that he's going to be okay this year. Um, he's not also out there in, in a corner. You know, the biggest thing you worry about with them is a broken wheel at some point uh, running around more than the contact. Um, Elaine Johnson, um, boy, I, you know, I, that guy is so important to this offense. Look at what he did last year, barely even yeah. giving up a sack. I mean, but he goes down and you worry all those times he drops back and you see those slow-mo replays and these guys, when they drop back to the pass block and they plant that right leg in his spot, you know, it's at what time is he going to plant that? And his age is going to say, listen, my bones are starting to break down here on this body. And, and I'm going to give out this play. Cause that guy you're pushing, that's 350 pounds. Um, I, I don't really can take that anymore. And, and so I worry about the age of some of these guys, but in Lane Johnson's case, I really do like the depth on this offensive line for the most part. I feel like they're a good offensive line on starting role. And, and we haven't said this a lot in the past. I do feel like they have some depth behind them. And, and we've seen that, you know, withstand at times in the past. Uh, but, but am I concerned about the age of some of those players? Yes. Football more than any other sport to me, uh, age is not just a number. It matters. And I think that they have to continue to trend in getting younger uh, as time goes on for sure. 
Scott, just before you hopped on with us, uh, I stated to my partner, I think one of the most oversold stories of this offseason is, ooh, Jalen Hurts, his second year in the same system. No coaching change. All right, it's nice, and it'll make things a little bit easier, but I don't know if it's the cure-all that some people are looking for. Um, but the more you do something, the better it, you should get at it, the easier it should be. Is that the case with year two of Nick Sirianni? We're only 12 months removed from Nick opening up his first camp ever as a head coach. That is work. That is unknown and uncharted territories. But he's got the full year under the belt. They had the success and the end that they had. But most people didn't think the Eagles were going to make the playoffs last year. And they did. And Sirianni proved to be a legitimate head coach in the NFL. How much easier, if at all, is his job here in year two? I think it's going to be much easier. Uh, I think experience for a young coach is not something you should understate. I think that first year was big. And I feel like, in my mind, you can almost divide that first year up into two separate seasons. The first season, uh, if you remember, they were pass happy. They went nuts with the passing game. And he was calling the plays. Mm -hmm. And that proved to be not a good first year, if you want to divide it up into that. His second year, uh, the second half of the season, obviously, was much better. And he stepped away from some of the play calling more and more, started helping Jonathan Gannon a little bit and recognizing things on offense. Now, And, and they didn't have – this is the other key. They didn't have the personnel on both sides of the ball that either coordinator wanted. Um, and so now you've said, okay, well, we gave you the personnel in the offseason. You've got a year of experience under your belt. Jonathan Gannon, we kept saying, and I think this was the case, and we'll see if we're right or not, um, just wasn't able to go into his playbook nearly the way he wanted to. We called his defense vanilla. It was basic. They weren't getting pressure on the quarterback. Well, now they've got pieces to really do that. And so I want to see what kind of, of defensive playbook is, is Gannon going to roll out this year. Are we going to see if, in fact, we were right last year? That obviously benefits Sirianni and his offense um, but from the simple standpoint that they're going to get better field position if some of those things happen. And they might get some turnovers along the way. Short fields are loved in the NFL. Um, and, and so you look at the experience that Jonathan or – sorry, that Sirianni got last year – and I say he learned a lot throughout the season. You saw a guy who was willing to evolve at a young age. Some of these older head coaches are so set in their ways. I will call the plays on this uh, team until this ship sinks. And it might even mean their job. <laughs> yeah. He decided to, you know what, the team and, and what we can do as a team is better. The players responded. To me, that's the biggest key. He never lost that locker room. And I was afraid early on that he might. Um, and I talked about that several times throughout the season. I, I thought that these older players were going to look at this younger coach. The things they were doing weren't working, and they were going to go, "Well, this this season, let's start, let's start making offseason plans now." And he didn't. He kept that locker room together. The fact they got into the playoffs for me was huge. I didn't care how they performed in that playoff game. Just getting Jalen Hurts and Nick Sirianni, um, you know, some playoff experience to me was was huge. Um, and then you go and you play it forward and you say, OK, well, they've gotten the personnel now on both sides of the ball to be more dangerous. They've got more experience in some key spots. They've got good young players that they filled in. Kobe Dean, I love that addition. Huge. Um, and, 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 you know, and Hassan Reddick. I, I think that's another huge addition on that defense. Um, I just and then you look at the schedule and you say, wow, this really played up well. This defense isn't going to face an elite quarterback really all year. Don't give me Dak Prescott. I don't consider him elite. I think he's good. 
he's not elite. And, and and I think that this defense really should have a schedule set up where it succeeds. It's going to make things easier on the offense. This offense has better players. So does the defense. These coaches, I think we're going to see, are going to be able to show more of, of who they are and who they can be. Um, so you talked at the beginning, John, about expectations. I look at this and say, I think the expectations are pretty high, which then also means that if you fail to reach them, that seat's going to get pretty hot that they're all sitting on. Yeah, yeah, it certainly is. Scott Grayson, follow him on Twitter at sgraysonfox29, anchor at Fox29, host of Props and Locks, so you can win some money if you watch Scott every Friday. Um, last one for me. Um you mentioned Jonathan Gannon. Everybody says vanilla defense we're going to see this year. You're right. That's the narrative, Scott. Uh, Jody and I, I don't know if you heard when you were in the green room, this team was 32nd in the NFL. There's 32 teams. 32nd in the NFL when it came to pre-snap motion. Are they too vanilla on offense as well? Uh, yeah, they. I, I think they were last year. And and that's where you talk about a running back like Kenny Gainwell. We can go back to that conversation, so to speak. Well, what's the best way to get him open out of the backfield? Well, put him in motion. You know, make, make linebackers have to stick with these running backs as they go from one side of the field to the other. Um, and I think, I think we are going to see a lot more. Because, again, what I saw from Nick Sirianni last year was a coach who was willing to evolve and say, maybe I don't know all things right now, but I'm going to pay attention and try to learn from them. These coaches, the good ones, spend a lot of the offseason uh, self-scouting themselves, right? They look at, yeah. They're look they obviously looking at their opponents, but they go back and they look at themselves. And I think that's one of those glaring things, John, that you brought up that he's not going to like to see. Wow, we were last in pre-snap motion. Uh, that that can't happen again, especially with the weapons they have. What's the best way to avoid getting uh, – you know, bump and run at the coverage at the, at the line, yeah. be in motion. Especially with they the can't check you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. and, 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 and go ahead and try to bump and run with a guy like AJ Brown. I guarantee you that guy is, is, is so strong. He's going to beat you. So I got to believe there's going to be a lot more, you know, pre-snap motion. Now, are they going to be the, the, the number one team in the league this year yeah. with it? No, yeah. I think we're looking at, if they put themselves somewhere in the top 15 to 20. That's already a much better improvement, but I think that's something that Sirianni will look at and say, Wow, where did we fail a little bit as an offense or as a staff in calling some plays? Well, let's let's get some guys in motion a little bit more and make some things happen from uh, uh, to our advantage with the pieces we have that way. Scotty, I I did get a text while we were doing the show here. It came from this guy named Aaron Rodgers. He said, uh, <laughs> "WTF? Did Scott Grayson really say we're not playing a franchise quarterback this year?" Uh, so you might want to get back to Aaron on that. <laughs> yeah. The- oh. I, yeah, I, I misstated by saying no, but they have very few elite very quarterbacks few, yes. uh, I, uh, I that think, they're going to face this year. I think yeah. Aaron will accept that apology. Yeah, uh, that works. Last thing, um, any specialized programming on Fox this year around the Eagles, tied to the Eagles that we can keep our eye out for uh, when we get this thing underway next week? Well, like uh, like John said, we have our props and lock show, which which deals with all football things as we get closer, uh, Eagles especially. But then we will still have our uh, game day live coverage, um, uh, the day of the game on Fox. You want to keep an eye out for that. We of course have the Super Bowl this year, so we'll be building out and rolling out some uh, some some special programming as well related to that. Once it gets closer, you know whether that's related to the Eagles or not remains to be seen. <laughs> and I think a lot of people, while saying that they would be optimistic that they get there, it's not realistic right now. Uh, 
so those are the things we've got going on right now. We've got a lot of things we're throwing in the fire, whether or not they're going to end up coming out the other end. You know how that goes on the, on the production side. But, uh, but yeah, we've, we're definitely going to keep an eye on this team. And um, I think, like I said, I think the expectations are pretty high all around. They, as well as they should be. Uh, it's mm-hmm. kind of a wide-open NFC. Scotty, great stuff. We appreciate you coming on board. You know we're going to have you back plenty as the season rolls along. Give our regards to our buddy Shredder. Thanks for yes. joining us this morning. I will do. I appreciate it. Always enjoy talking to you guys, too. Thanks, Scott. Scott Grayson, Fox 29. He's already got his summer color in, unlike McMullen and McDonald. And you got to go outside starting yeah. next week. Now I got uh, the bucket hat ready. What, what SFP do you use? Uh, the biggest one, you know. You go aside. Now, actually, I just, the Eagles give out free uh, suntan lotions. Do so they? I just, grab, I just grab that as I go into practice. You're, you're as cheap as I am. I love No, it. it's no. not about cheap. It's Yeah, and about, of course it's about cheap. Because no. Eagles aren't going to give you the max protection. Probably not. I think it's Blue Cross Blue Shield. Uh, oh, they got that, a tent That only up. makes sense yeah. at the Novacare yeah. complex that they come yeah. across with something like that. But uh, you get better get lathered up, buddy. You, if you're like me, you could burn. Oh yeah, real bad. No, yeah, I'm not a dummy, Jody. Come on. All right, dude. I'm just, an Irishman. I know Irishman who doesn't like to go into his wallet. You and I are so similar; it's ridiculous. All right, <laughs> McMullen and McDonald here with you on Birds 365. Scott Grayson, uh, pretty optimistic. Well, no, I don't even want to go there. He was tempered in the things that he had to say. And coming up in about 25 minutes or so, not so much. Uh, Bob Gross from the Delco Times is going to jump aboard with us. We still got plenty to do. You should stay right here on Birds 365. Go for the pulls and the pools. Go for the oohs and the ahs. Go for the bubbles. And the bubbly. Go for the story. And the stories. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Action News at 11 with Rick Williams. It's the team you trust to bring it all together. The stories that impact your community. A sports roundup for the locals. And the AccuWeather forecast you depend on. Action News at 11 with Rick Williams. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Mama go up, up, up. She did it. 
again. You can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh huh. Go for the pulls and the pools. Go for the ooze and the ahs. Go for the bubbles and the bubbly. Go for the story and the stories. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. John McFarlane and the Justice Caucasian Jody McDonald. You got your birds 365 guys here with you. Counting down the days till Eagles training camp opening up. Uh, players report eight days from now, next Tuesday. And um, Johnny Mac does not expect to be there day number one. He has not yet received his Eagle schedule. Chomping at the bed, checks his emails every 15 minutes. Yeah, I do. Not there it's kind of ridiculous, to be honest. Um, when did they can you remember back to last year do you know how far out they they sent you the first version yeah it was probably it it was probably a it was probably similar but man i i get because i get you know i get emails from a lot of most of the teams around the nfl and they're all in let's put it that way i mean everybody gets their their ducks in a Ducks in a row, a little bit quicker than Philadelphia. So, so hold on. You're on the Seattle Seahawks emailing list. Yeah, I'm on just about everybody's emailing list. Um, I used to have, you know, a national column, Jody. So I'm on. I'm still on everybody's. Oh, okay, list. all right. Well, that's good to know. So, out of the thirty teams, how, uh, thirty-two teams, how many would you say have put out their preseason at least week one schedule? Mm, I would say at least 20. Uh, we're past 20, I would say. Uh, a lot of teams, as we said, a lot of teams have to do it early because they're bringing in uh, rookies like Buffalo and the Raiders. Obviously, theirs have been out for a while. Um, and then as this week goes on, more teams will be uh, populating. So that's part of it. Um, but it is strange it's taken this long. for the- Now, they do have to deal. They have the largest media contingent in the NFL, and they have for years and years and years. Even bigger than New York, uh, bigger than Chicago, bigger bigger than everywhere. Uh, it's pretty amazing. So they have a lot of logistics to deal with that other teams don't have to. Um, so that's part of it as well. But I like to tweak them. And, uh, yes, John expects an email sometime soon. It's his his name might be uh, 86th from the list for yeah. questioning the. They know I'm joking. Weekend. They know I'm joking. Okay, it's just, all in good fun. I'm um, I'm hoping that's the case for you, Johnny Mac. I right, uh, I did check out your latest missive on JacobSports.com. Uh, you've been previewing each of the positions, breaking them down in interior offense alignment, uh, extra uh, tackles, uh, interior offense and defensive lines. And your latest one was the cornerbacks. Uh, after doing the entire offense, you got through the interior and the linebackers. 
with the Eagles. Now you've moved on to the cornerbacks. The top three guys are given, and the top three guys are very good. I would put the Eagles top three, including Avante Maddox, as your uh, inside cornerback. With any other threesome in the NFL, if you're talking about using three DBs, three three cornerbacks, and the NFL is, what would you say the percentage is on that, John? Uh, amount of snaps on defense where teams have three cornerbacks on the field. It's about 65, 35 now. So, you know, one of my pet peeves is people still call base. You base know, defense. Or three, three, four. It's not the base. That's the sub package. Right. Uh, the base is the nickel. Um, yeah, Bonte Maddox here played, I think, uh, I put it in there. I think it was 65-ish, somewhere around there. He played 65% of the snaps, um, which was a career high. He had bounced around a little bit early in his career. They finally settled down in his natural position, and he played really well. So you're right. That first three is really good. Certainly one of the best trios in the NFL on paper. Now we look, you know, James Bradbury coming off a down year, but we have Pat Leonard on. Remember, Pat said he was playing through an injury. Um, so that's a positive, just a really good player. Darius, I just talked about, you know, he's 31. He almost, I'm not concerned as much as the age as the regression to the mean theory, I'd like to say. How can he have a year like he had last year? Probably not. I mean, if you're going to be realistic, three defensive touchdowns. I think he was third in the NFL when it came to passer rating, when they were throwing at him. Third, you know, third best. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Um, gave up 30 yards a game when he was traveling with receivers. That's pretty tough to duplicate. Really tough to duplicate. But he's, he's still going to be a good player, really good player. And then Avante is, is just solid. One of the best nickelbacks in this league. And if you believe the Eagles will get more defensive pressure this year through hook or by crook, either because Jordan Davis steps in, changes the dynamic, gives them more <clears throat> of a middle push, uh, draws more attention on the defensive line, which allows the speed guys like Hassan Reddick, everyone's banking on double-digit sacks for him, um, being a uh, force in getting into the other team's backfield. It should make things easier on the cornerbacks for the upcoming season. We'll see. Uh, so if they're good in the three starting spots, the question is, who are the top three backups at each position? CB1, CB2, and in the slot with Devontae Maddox. They've got a lot of guys, who a lot of which they went out and acquired. wasn't just uh, undrafted free agent signings. There have been draft picks used. There have been trades where guys have been included. Uh, there are a lot of guys who have been talked up pretty good but have never really done anything on the field just yet in their career. Who are the top three backups right now, John, in your eyes going into the season, CB1, CB2, and Nickelback? 
Well, I would say right off the bat, they have 13 cornerbacks on, on the 90 man roster. So real quick, you know, if Darius Slay gets a hangnail in camp, you know, he might sit for a week. Uh, they got so many bodies at corner. So the theory is, you know, they'll be able to find somebody among all these young players. It's interesting in the OTAs. If you just go by the OTAs, it's Zach McPherson, Mac McCain on the outside, Josiah Scott in the nickel. Um, but I don't think how that's going to end up. I, I, I This team seems to really like Tay Gowan, the uh, player they acquired in the Zach Ertz trade. He has everything they look for in an outside corner. Is really, really long, really, really fast. I think they want him to succeed. They picked up Jimmy Moreland on waivers from the Houston Texans. Um, they wanted him for years. They liked him when he was in Washington. They tried to acquire him before. He's a, he's a natural slot corner. Um they have a lot of natural slot. I think Zach McPherson should be playing in the slot, to be honest. Um, Kerry Vincent uh, should be playing in the slot. So while Josiah Scott starts as the backup because he's been here the longest, ultimately I think one of those guys is going to beat him out. So if you ask me who are going to be the top three backups, in my opinion, it's going to be McPherson. It's going to be Gowan. And that's probably going to be Vincent. Um, maybe Moreland can beat him out. Maybe Scott can beat him out. Um, but they have some versatility as well because McPherson can play inside. And I would argue he should, probably should be playing inside. But the four guys you know who are going to be here are the three starters and McPherson. Those are, And then it starts to get a little bit murkier. All right, John. If that is still up for debate... Who gets the final vote? When when one of the Eagles starting three corners go down, somebody's going to have to fill in. You gave us a pretty good breakout of the way you see it. But who's going to get the final say? Is it the defensive backs coach? Is it the defensive coordinator? Is it the head coach? Or is it that guy up in the front office who you just said they went out and got Jimmy Moore because they've liked him yeah, for so long? Yeah. Hey, Nick Sirianni and Jonathan Gannon weren't here when the liking of Jimmy Moreland started. So that's Howie Roseman. Who's going to make the decision who does step in? The, uh, the three starters are unquestioned. But who is going to get those key fill-in plays when somebody goes down is still to be determined. Who's got final vote? Well, Howie, technically, if you're talking by definition, I mean, Howie has control of the, the, the has control over the 53 man roster. Um, now, would he exercise that control and say, no, we got to keep Jimmy Moreland? I don't, I don't think so. I, I think that comes into play with, we talk about all the time, first round picks, second round picks, Jalen Ragers of the world. Uh, J.J. Ortega, white sides of the world. Sometimes those guys get caught, get kept, and they wouldn't get kept if it were just up to the coach and if the coach had complete power, say it was Pete Carroll or, or Bill Belichick, and they had control over the 53. So ultimately, when it comes down to a position like corner where the Eagles have 13 and all these young players, yeah, how is going to, you know, 
who does who does Nick Sirianni want? Who does Jonathan Gannon want? Because Nick is a CEO coach, remember now. So he's going to be involved in all of that. Jonathan Gannon, Denard Wilson, the secondary coach. If they say we want Tay McGowan and Kerry Benson, the Eagles are going to be fine with it. Howie's going to be fine with it. Um, I think that kind of stuff you're talking about, that's that's the Jalen Rager conversation. That's the, you know, the Eagles coaching staff might not want Jalen Rager, to be honest. They might have Jalen Rager, if you get my drift. I do get your drift, which is understandable on both fronts. Why the coaching staff would be ready, willing, and able to move on from him. They had nothing to do with him being here to begin with. And the general manager might want to just hold on to him a little bit longer so as to save getting egg on his face with the first-round draft pick that he used on Mr. Rager. Uh, uh, He is John McMullen. I'm Jody McDonald. We're going to punch up our next guest a little early. I need to exit stage left a little earlier today. So looking forward to talking to our next guest. He is one of the harder-hitting Eagle Beat reporters. In other words, glass half-empty. Uh, always fun when Bob Groats from the Delco Times joins Mac and Mac, McDonald and McMullen here on Birds 365. Go for the polls and the pools. Go for the oohs and the ahs. Go for the bubbles and the bubbly. Go for the story and the stories. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Action News at 11 with Rick Williams. It's the team you trust to bring it all together. The stories that impact your community. A sports roundup for the locals. And the AccuWeather forecast you depend on. Action News at 11 with Rick Williams. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh huh. Go for the pulls and the pools. Go for the oohs and the ahs. Go for the bubbles and the bubbly. 
go for the story and the stories. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Joe McDonald and my partner, John McClellan, here on Birds 365. We are still waiting for the bat signal to be entered down in Delco. Uh, Bob Groats from the Delco Times is going to jump aboard with us. At some point here, we asked uh, Bob to jump on a little early because I needed to jump out a little early myself on the back end. So he'll be, he'll be streaming in any second now. Um, we're looking forward to chatting him up. And as a matter well, of fact, he he's, getting he's, in his, the green room. he's getting ready. His last sip of whatever that was before yeah. he joins us. There he is, Bob Groats of the Delco Time. All right, first things first. What the hell was that pink glass you were drinking out of? It's a Wawa, yeah. It's a Wawa. Oh, Wawa action. Yeah. Is that what they use down in Delco? I'm not a I'm not a big Wawa coffee guy. It's good, but it's not the it's not the best as far as I'm it's concerned. It's not that AM PM hyper yeah. beam. You gotta go to Shady Maple. Yeah, Shady Maple, yeah. Yeah, they Ooh, got a what? coffee shop out there. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Where the hell Good is Shady coffee. Maple? It's about 45 minutes west. It's out in, um, I don't know, what, God's country? Yeah. We're getting you, close. You pass, We're not... you pass the horses and buggies, John. <laughs> Yeah, we're getting close to Lancaster out in oh, Shady Maple. Uh, yeah, 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 that's a little bit too far, but it is good. I haven't been there in years. Oh, yeah, yeah. Hey, great, a great market, great market. They're having a big meat meat sale this week, Jody. Nice. <laughs> the meat there, Jody. The meat is so fresh when they put it in the bag, it's still moving. That's, that's good to know. Um, not, not only have I not been there, I've never heard of this damn place. It's the market. It's not the smorgasbord. Yeah. Okay. All, All right. right. Yeah. All it's right. a smorgasbord I, I, and, and farm market, Jody. Uh, yeah. I stick with the Amish market over here in South Jersey, and it's uh, perfectly fine. I, yeah, the the one in Williamstown, that's a good place, too. Yes. Yeah. yeah that's an excellent place. Yeah. yeah. Excellent. All right, everybody got their uh, smorgasbord farm market, Amish market oh. news. I think I'll just, uh, I'll have hey, a cup of guys, call, I can't, uh, I can't wait until training camp starts. Yeah, all that heat, we get to see what's some eleven on elevens, no contact. This Maybe. is what? Whoa, 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 whoa! You sure you're going to see eleven on elevens? Yeah, you might be putting the need... cart. You, uh, you, you're spending too much time in Western Pennsylvania. You're putting the cart before the horse. <laughs> How do you know you're going to get 11 on 11s? Yeah. Well, you, you need 11 on 11s, boy. Yeah. The inner squad. You, I mean, uh, once they start practicing with the other teams, you'll, you'll at least get to see that. So, I imagine you have to. You still hey, have by the way, did you left. guys – did you see that uh, that uh, video of Hurts uh, at his camp? No. I saw – He was at I, somebody's youth camp. Yeah. No, he did his own youth camp. Yeah. Oh, he did his own? Okay. Yeah. But yeah. he wouldn't. He wasn't throwing the ball too well. I counted zero for six, and um, <laughs> I'm, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. Um. Yeah. The bad. Uh, <laughs> I I heard he had a bad uh, youth camp uh, practice. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, we'll I, see if I, he can. Well, you know, we'll see if he can shake that off. Those Sean Bradley had his youth camp. Jalen had his youth camp. Hassan Reddick had his youth camp. 
Uh, everybody's got a youth camp now. Bob Groats, I believe, has his youth camp for uh, journalists. I, I wish I had young... had one. I really do because yeah. I could have written something on some more taxes off. You know, I not that you I make always that much take money, those but... Temple kids under your wing when they show up to the Novacare complex. Yeah, Bob is very oh. helpful to the youngsters. Very helpful. Bob yeah. Groats, yeah. Bob Groats's youth camp is going to be held at Shady Maple in Western Pennsylvania. <laughs> For those of you wishing to attend, starting next year. All right, you're going to show up with uh, McMullen next week, middle of the week, when the Eagles actually do send their schedule out. I can't wait. They're they're going to have a season. We know that. We just don't know when it's going to officially get underway in South Philadelphia. Um, Nick Sirianni's second year as a head coach. What will be different from Nick Sirianni's first year as a head coach, Bob Gross? Well, I I hope a few things. I I hope the – he was kind of predictable last year. They, they, uh, they could, I mean, they had to scrap the offense basically from what they wanted to do early, a passing offense to uh, a run offense. But then, I mean, to me, it was, it was fairly predictable. So I, I hope that um, what he's learned from or taken from that, and I'm sure he has uh, a little bit more creativity. And um, there we and go. There's also, that word. Yeah, creativity. Thirty second in the NFL in pre snap motion. Dead yeah, they, they need to. Um, they definitely need. Um, you know, they, and I'm sure they've had some uh, quote unquote experts take a look at the the film and and say, you know, this could really help you do this or that or the other thing. You know, so I, I think we're going to see some of that and and uh, and that creativity too. It also um, that goes hand in hand with um, the personnel that you have. They're going to be able to do some things this year that they couldn't do last year. They're going to have that. They have at least two guys on offense that you got a game. Well, possibly three that you got a game plan for um, the, the big three of uh, AJ Brown and Devonte Smith and, and Dallas Goddard. So that, that should help out. But, uh, but I, you know, th- I really don't want to see him run the ball as much either. I, can Hertz, is he the guy that can do it? Can he put it up a lot and, uh, and be successful? Um, kind of mixed reviews on that last year, but uh, yeah, it, it'll be fun to see, what they, how they tailor this offense to those strengths and, uh, and to the skill set of Jalen Hurts. Well, you mentioned Taylor, the offense. Are the Eagles trying to pound the square peg in the round hole by forcing Jalen Hurts to go away with, from what he does best, and that's running the football, off-schedule offense? Uh, yeah. You know, why are they trying – why not? In other words, if you have Jalen Hurts and you know his strengths, why not try to accentuate those rather than try to make him into what he isn't? That that's a great point, and I think we're going to see, um, you know, how they how they deal with that whole thing. Um, his ability to uh, to to create play uh, create. I, I'm I'm using that word way too much right now, <laughs> but uh, his ability. I mean, he he can make plays. There's no doubt about it. But um, are you? Is he going to be able to to uh, get out of the pocket, uh, scramble? Is he going to be able to run and get those first downs for 17 games this year? I don't. I think that's a lot to ask. So I don't. And hopefully he's learned something. Um, Nick was talking about that, uh, you know, his mechanics being better too. Now I, yeah. I couldn't tell. Yeah, I, I couldn't. I can't tell. I, I don't think we'll know until the games actually begin about his mechanics and that. And uh, he went to that uh, the Tom House uh, 
passing clinic out there. You know, he got some or whatever you want to call it. I'm, I'm sure that didn't hurt. And um, and he looks like he's in great shape. I mean, he, he looks like yeah, uh, it does. He, he, he looked looks, like he lost a little weight, but he doesn't yeah, want to I hear mean, that. But he looks he looks like he lost weight to me. Yeah, I mean, he, so you know all that stuff. And we we won't really know until they start playing some games, but uh, but we will be able to to figure out uh, you know that what type of chemistry he's going to have with these guys, even even in the practices with the receivers and uh, and uh, how you know what he sees. Um, he, you know, he's still not the tallest guy when he's out there on the field. And, you know, that hasn't been a, a, a big obstacle for some other people. But uh, we shall see with, with uh, Jalen Hurts. But this is going to be – it's going to be fun to see what happens here because uh, he's got some – he has some real quality skills. And, uh, and I think he can make the throws. Uh, can he make them consistently? Uh, to be determined. All right, BG, I got a chicken or the egg question for you. Last year, the Eagles – uh, about six or seven games in, we could try and define it down to shoot the exact uh, moment that they made the decision. Hey, we got to run the football more. And they did. And it was successful. And they made the playoffs. We also found out after the season that Shane Steichen was calling the plays in the second half of the season that the head coach gave up those responsibilities, passed it on to his offensive coordinator, and he did a good job with it. Which came first, the chicken or the egg? Did Sirianni decide, hey, I need to give this up, and Steichen just took it and ran with it, literally? Or did they decide, listen, we're going to need to go run first here, and if that's the case, maybe Shane would be better doing the play calling. Which do you think came first, the Eagles' decision to become more run-based or the decision to make Steichen the play caller, which led itself to leading with the run. I'm going to take the easy way out and say it was it was a little bit of both, you know. I, but let's face it, there was a lot of stuff that was going wrong with that offense early, and um, they had a good game against Carolina, but uh, most of the other games, I mean, they were they were just so predictable. You, you just knew what was going to happen. So, um, so, and, and I think Nick. I think he also had um, – he was worried about the defense too, Jody. I think that was another reason why he decided, you know, hey, you know, maybe this isn't – maybe this is the best way to, to use my time is to – because he had to focus on that too. That defense, remember, that they got shelled. What did they, they gave up, what, a, a 70% passing completion percentage or, you know, to, the, to a, a bunch of quarterbacks. They were all good quarterbacks. I'll give them that, but uh, – but that that defense got uh, I mean they they were just blown up you know so he had to <laughs> devote a little bit more time to that too and, and figure out you know and and even give some suggestions so um, I think it was it was a combination of those two things so uh, but uh, you know this year I, I think um, having you know knowing what they have uh, I wouldn't be surprised either right now Steichen is. It looks like he's going to do it again, but I wouldn't be surprised if Nick was calling those plays if things go right, you know, but as the season war grinds on. Yeah, and it's Nick's offense. I wrote about that on Sports Illustrated this morning. So he went into a big dissertation about yeah. how no matter who's calling the plays, they're going to be run the same way and all that kind of um, 
that kind of thing. So it was Las Vegas where the Eagles changed to a run-first offense. So that was week seven. Shane took over week nine fully against that Chargers game. So a little bit. They had already decided to go run-first. My my question is, Bob, we had mentioned with the pre-snap motion and being last in the NFL – you know how the narratives go in this league. You know, everybody likes to talk about creativity, and we've mentioned that word a lot. It's kind of nebulous, though. Nobody knows what they're talking about. They just want to see bells and whistles. How quickly does that change if if the Eagles sit there and there's no motion and, and they're slogging down again and we see 15 freaking wide receiver screens? I was going to. I was going to oh. poke my eyes out if I saw another wide receiver yeah, screen early yeah. in the season. How quickly does young, innovative coach change to this guy's overmatched if he doesn't sort of play the game in the NFL? you got to show some things. Uh, I'll tell you, A.J. Brown, I mean, you looked at the way that um, he was successful. One of the ways he was successful with the Titans was uh, he, he was in motion. So I, I can't imagine an Eagles offense this year without seeing A.J. Brown in motion. And, uh, and Devontae Smith, I, I could see the, the same thing with him. Um, That's a player. He was great in motion at Alabama. They, yeah. would use, they would use him all the time. And it's like, yeah. why don't you take some of that with so, Devontae? Right. So I can't imagine that. I, I don't know that um, – I don't know where you draw the line on uh, – the creativity with the motion and, and the personnel that they have. But you, I think you're going to see a lot more of that this year. And, um, and it's going to be, um, you know, if they, if they run this thing right, you know, and, and John, I was telling you the other day, I think the guy that the consultant for this offense is Philip Rivers, you know, out there. <laughs> Jody, that's, yeah. that's kind of the inside joke. I mean, yeah. Oh, they, they love him. They, they yeah. Love they, him. they talk to this guy all the time. Yeah. yeah. So, but um so and, and there's your quick passes and uh, you know y- your rhythm passing and all that and get the ball out of your hand quick and and uh, you know take a loss if you have to if they run that offense that would be an upgrade if you ask me I mean they they throw the ball a lot I think they'd be productive and they have guys that can get yards after the the catch that would be an upgrade to the passing offense um, but whatever however they put this thing together and. Um, and there's just a lot of possibilities. A lot of there's a lot of ways they could do it. Um, they they better they better be scoring some points, and they better make the playoffs again this year because the the expectations are through the roof, and, yeah. uh, and they have have some upgrades. They they've done that. They've upgraded on both sides of the ball, and uh, they they better go at least uh, nine and eight, and or you know maybe ten and seven, or uh, the, you know there's going to be some more changes and well, there's always changes, but there, there could be some interesting changes and, and depending on how the quarterback does, you know, maybe that could be one of them. All right, BG. Um, I need you to choose a descriptive phrase to um, describe the contribution of uh, the Eagles third round draft pick this year. Um, will what Nicobe Dean brings to the Eagles in year one be more startup costs or significant contribution? 
which do you think those two is more likely for this season? I'd lean towards the startup costs because um, he still he he wasn't healthy to to do much of even workouts. So um, I, I think this is going to be kind of a, a year where a transition type of thing for him. But uh, if if he's as good as um, the scouting reports. And if he's as good as some of those highlights that I've seen, if he can be consistent and stay on the field, they, then they've got something. But uh, I still don't. I remember I got in an argument with you on the last show, Jody, about how big the guy was. I, I don't think he's that big of a guy, but he, he plays very fast. And um, and and that's going to be, you know, the, but that size thing, I, I don't know. I, and the way he plays, I mean, he, he just bangs around out there like a pinball, hits people. I don't know how if you can you stay healthy for 17 games doing that now, um, but that that'll be uh, that'll be fun to 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 learn and uh, but um, you know and the other guy too uh, Jordan Davis the big tackle I I would kind of I'd have him right in in the the middle of those two uh, items that you gave me because I, I think it's going to be a transition for him too I know other people think he's going to be able to just step right in and be a plug and play guy but. I don't think uh, I don't think the guy is really you know, and it's not just stamina on that. But if you look at the way he plays, he's going to have to learn how to really get down low because uh, in the NFL, even these the, the guys, low man wins, low man wins. Yeah, right. I mean, it, yeah. it, he's going to get jacked up a few times if he plays that high. But uh, but that's going to be fun to, to see too. So, uh, but you know, the, the guys, they those two guys definitely pedigree. So. Uh, We'll, uh, I, I, but I still think it's a little bit of developmental year for them. I was looking at the the depth charts of the NFC East teams, yeah. and because um, I, I think the Eagles had a pretty good off season, and uh, and I looked at the other teams, and they, those other teams did pretty well too. I mean, on paper, if you look at it, and um, their defense really? out of the three, who do you think did well? Giants, uh, Commanders, or Cowboys? Who's the most well, improved or who just held their ground the best of those three? The Giants, they got Thibodeau. That, um, that, I mean, I, I well, think. Well, anytime you get two picks in the top end, you, yeah, you right, better get right. some stinking they, talent. They got another offensive yeah. lineman. Um, they, they had, uh, so it looks like they got their two tackles. Daniel Jones is coming back, but, you know, they, they don't have a receiver, though. Kenny Galloway, or what's his name? Galladay. Galladay. Yeah. That, that guy's a coach killer. <laughs> I mean, wherever he goes, I mean. So, but I mean that, so they need a, a threat there. And, um, and I don't think Saquon Barkley is, um, I, I don't think he's the the big play guy that everybody, a lot of people thought he was. And then, but you look at their defensive line, it's pretty good. Leonard Davis. And uh, there's a couple other tackles there. I mean, that, that's enough to cause problems. Their secondary is pretty good. And uh, the same thing with Washington. Their, their defense is pretty good. The, the defensive line. It's going to be the line is pretty good. Yeah. 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 It's going to be interesting. The Cowboys upgraded a little bit on that defensive line. They lost some guys too, but um, the Cowboys offensive line though, it still needs a lot of work. So, but um, the Eagles, they really need those rookies to come through Jody to, to, uh, to make this, uh, you know, to, to win the, the battle of that off season. Let's talk about those Washington commanders, Bob. Uh, Carson Wentz, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, you know, it's been what it's been. We had the last season here, Indianapolis. He was okay statistically, but didn't show up in big spots. Obviously, the owner couldn't stand him. Yeah, that was um, a big deal. 
and now here he is bouncing to Washington. He's better than what they had at the bare minimum with Taylor Heineke. Has Carson got anything left that the Eagles fans should be a little bit wary of? Uh, maybe this guy's going to come back and haunt us in the NFC East. Well, you know he'll be prepared for the Eagles. I mean, he's going to do. He'll go out of his way to to do some extra preparation for them. But uh, you look, and I think he does have something left. Uh, but look at that, the Washington, the offensive line. Man, that, that thing. Not gotta, good. Name two guys on that line. I mean, they, yeah. it, it's just not – they lost that they, – they lost Brandon Sheriff. Yeah. You know? They lost um, – well, they lost the left tackle a couple years ago. But they – that thing is a shambles. So, um, so I you know, I can't imagine – for him, it's going to be about survival back there. They'll be able to maybe run the ball a little bit. But uh, they're going to have trouble scoring points. But they're going to be a problem with that defense. So, uh, yeah, I, I think he's still – can he still win games? Yeah. I, I can't imagine what it must be like to, to line up every week in a, in a sport like pro football and with, where the owner hates you and, and you're walking down the hall and, <laughs> and, you, and it, you know, everybody else is saying hello and he gets to you and he doesn't say anything. I, I don't know that that's exactly what happened, but I can imagine. You know, so and Carson could be smug, too. You know, we I, I, the two of those guys, you know, looking away at, from each other at the same time, that that would be good video, you know, for the yeah, morning. But he below. doesn't have to worry about that with Daniel Snyder because he's on his yacht somewhere over there in Europe. He's he's hanging low. He's not going to even be here for the Washington game. Yeah, he's got to wait for the year to run out so he doesn't have to go in front of gotta, Congress. He's got to run out the clock on Congress. Yeah. Yeah. You could make a movie about Daniel Snyder's offseason. I mean, all the stuff that, you know, I mean, if we found out just a little shred of, of what's happening, there's a lot of drama in that. Yeah, I, I don't I, I still think that that guy Bezos is going to end up buying Washington. I think something's going to happen. Hey, yeah, I, it's everything else. You might yeah, as well. I think he's gonna. I think that's gonna be it. Yeah, I think he's gonna wind up with that team. I think that smells like about a ten episode Netflix package <laughs> put together. If they were to be able to to lay that out. All right, last one for me, Bob. I asked this question of John, and then he in turn answered of Scott Grayson, who was on with us earlier. Scapegoat, like you, I'm trying to be a hard hitting Eagles guy. Yeah, not even close. Um, but if things go badly for the Eagles this year and they don't get 11 wins like McMullen and I are saying, or 10 wins, or even nine wins like they did last year, they have a losing season, something will have gone wrong. Certainly expectations are higher than that. And somebody's going to have to pay a price. If we assume that Jalen Hurts is numero uno on that list. Yeah. He, that, yeah. Yeah. He's going to be the, or the one coach skateboard. or the head coach. You would put the head coach before the defensive coordinator? Uh, I can't imagine that defense not be playing better this year. So, um, I, I they they got uh, they have some players. They have a I think they upgraded the pass rush, the secondary for sure. So, uh, I, I would say, yeah, the head coach, the head okay. coach, and and the quarterback, and um. And the quarter with the quarterback, you'd always have to go to Howie. He, I mean, people are going to start ripping him again. He's, he's a he's a favorite target. And uh, but um, you know they, uh, you look at their schedule this year. They, I mean, compared to last year, this is a really easy schedule. I mean, they're they're just like guaranteed a win in the open. Last year was pretty easy too, man. Well, well they, the they, it started half. off the tough. Half, yeah, yeah, it started off tough. 
Yeah. But, uh, you know, the, the way, um, the way it shook down later, I mean, it was easy. Yeah. But, uh, so I, they, you know, I can't, you know, I, I don't, well, it'll be interesting to see what happens because, uh, there, there could end up being a lot of, uh, uh, there could be a lot of scapegoats in that situation. So, and you know, their offensive line really, to me, it's still the strength of the team. So oh, yeah. as good as a defensive line, as much as they've upgraded, but, you look at, you know, one injury there, if they lose one guy there, they got, they got some problems, you know, they have some backups, but uh, you know, that, uh, that could be tough. So especially against the competition that they're playing against and, um, and uh, the def- you know, even in the NFC East with the defensive lines, there's going to be, there's, there's guys that Kayvon Thibodeau can run down Jalen Hurts. Yeah. Yeah, probably can. But, but, you know, same thing here with Jordan Davis, Nicobe Dean. Their startup get costs with all rookies. Um, same thing's going to happen with Kayvon Thibodeau, Evan Neal. Um, you know, maybe two, three years down the line, those guys are going to be really, really difficult to deal with. But I, I do think you're going to have a bit of a ramp-up period. Bob, at Bob Groats on Twitter, follow Bob there. Read him at the Delco Times, delcotimes.com. Uh, let's talk about that defensive line because you and I are getting it. You're you're a little bit down on Fletcher Cox. The Eagles gave him 14 million. You talk about that depth. Um, you know, Jordan Davis, Javon Hargrave, Milton Williams, Fletcher Cox inside, outside is Josh Sweat, Brandon Graham, um, Tarek Barnett, Jody's favorite, uh, Teron Jackson. Still pretty good depth uh, on the defensive line. Fletcher, you think he's a descending player? Oh yeah, yeah. I think he's been descending for a couple of years. Yeah, he just uh, um, and nothing is, left. How far are we? This, How this far are we his, down that road with uh, Fletcher Cox? Yeah, on a scale of one to ten, yeah. I'd say he's about a five and a half. All right. Yeah, so he's past the uh, demarcation line. I'm still puzzled by that fourteen million. I mean, I, there, there must have been some promises. You know, that somebody told somebody things that weren't true. You know, I, I don't know what's going on with that. Um, but um, I, you know, I, I think that um, the, the tackles, you know, I, I know you guys laughed at me the last time, but I like Milton Williams. I, I like Milton. Yeah. I just don't I, think he's going to have a lot of playing time because how's he going to go? Oh, I do. I think he's going to, yeah. Cause I, you know, I uh, depends on how they, they use Fletcher Cox and, uh, and Davis. Uh, they're going to, they're going to want to, ramp up snaps for for davis but I, I don't know that the guy can play more than a couple you know especially early i think we're going to see how fast he is running on and off the field early in the season john you know like how, how quickly he can get <laughs> well he's fast the biggest he's guy fast. on the defense yeah coming in and out of the game so much he's gonna so, yeah yeah it's gonna be interesting to see who aaron Rodgers catches uh not getting out the field quick enough because uh, he does it every week it's probably going to be Barnett. Um, it might be Jordan Davis. As fast as he is, he doesn't know how savvy Aaron is with that. Somebody's going to get called with that. Yeah, and, and you know, Barnett, it, I, I, looking at that depth chart again, I mean, I I know that they re-signed him and everything, but I look at that depth chart and I say, Barnett's still here? Yeah. <laughs> even though yeah. I know it. Yeah. Even though I know he's here, it's kind of like – it's like Odubel Herrera. Matt, still Matt here. Leo's yeah. still here. Of course, Derek Barnett's still here. Yeah, right. I mean, so, you know, and they they uh, they wouldn't have signed him if they didn't expect to get some 
um, s- some big time snaps out of him. If, oh yeah, he's going to play. Unfortunately, yeah. so, Jody and the rest I mean, of the so team. how good is that group? I'm, are they and Hargrave? This is a contract year for him, right? Uh yes, he's on a contract uh, year, um, and he's twenty nine. I think that's an underreported story. I think people just assume the Eagles are going to resign Javon Hargrave. I don't know about that. Yeah, I don't know, I don't know either. Yeah. We'll, we'll see what uh, Davis. We'll see how close he is, and and um, we'll see how some of those other guys, Milton Williams, how the, how they do. Uh, I think, um, yeah, I, I'm not. I don't think that's a lock either. Javon Hargrave coming back. Yeah. So, uh, and 2023 is when you're going to get a lot of Milton Williams, a lot of Milton Williams. I think you're going to get it this year, but yeah. um, good, good for you, yeah. Bob. You're sticking to your guns. You think somehow Milton? Oh, Williams I hear the phone ringing. ringing. There we go. It's I, like I you're the in the newsroom. I thought you were at home. You're in the newsroom. No, right I think that. that's uh, that's either Howie or the director of phone. Return your call. That's Dom right. giving yeah. you a call. That, saying, that is hey. funny. Yeah. Uh, the reason why we have him on perfect example: Derek Barnett, the Oduble Herrera of the Philadelphia Eagles. I don't think we need to say anything more than that. I think that perfectly captures the Eagles re-signing of uh, Barnett, Mr. Yeah, Barnett yeah. Wow. and also what Bob Groats brings to the table when he joins us. BG, we'll go let you go get the phone. Thanks for yeah. coming on. Get out yeah. get some sun this week. Get ready. Yeah. Get that block 67 uh, hey. on that fair skin of yours. I can't wait. Yeah. Get he the will. bucket hat ready. Yeah. He will hey, be guys. Lying. Say, Bob. Bobby, uh, he'll be lining next to John McMullen uh, for grass time starting next week, or so we hope, because the Eagles haven't quite gotten around to releasing their practice times just yet. But uh, when it happens, Johnny Mack will surely be laying it out for us, and we'll be sending them off to the Novacare Complex uh, to get a hands-on first look at the upcoming Philadelphia Eagle season. It should be fun. All right, Johnny Mack, I need to check out a little early today. I got CBS Sports Radio duties, so uh, you and Tone are going to take us home, correct? Yeah, me and Antonio DeShields the second, our great uh, producer, Tone, uh, will be up after the break. Jody, go listen to Jody, national. You got to scale it back and go from the Eagles and go national. So that's a quick turnaround for you, Jody. Man. Not a problem. We'll get the turnaround done, and uh, you and I will be back here tomorrow. But don't even think about uh, streaming out. Tone coming up next. He and Johnny Mac going to get you home here on Birds 365. Go for the pulls and the pools. Go for the ooze and the ahs. Go for the bubbles and the bubbly. Go for the story and the stories. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Action News at 11 with Rick Williams. It's the team you trust to bring it all together. The stories that impact your community. A sports roundup for the locals. And the AccuWeather forecast you depend on. Action News at 11 with Rick Williams.
field of life, First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Slam dunk champion. Really? <laughs> yes, really don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. All right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So go to right, I go to left, fake a mom. Mama, go up, mama! She did it. Again? You can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh huh. Go for the pulls and the pools. Go for the ooze and the ahs. Go for the bubbles and the bubbly. Go for the story and the stories. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Second, the man behind the scenes, the producer, the maestro, and I'm here with the man, the myth, the legend, John McMullen. I'm in for Jody Mack, who had to step out just a little bit early. My man had to take care of his national duties, but the show has been great thus far. And again, always excited to be a part of this team with these guys. Now, John, I have to ask you, you guys talked about the cornerback position earlier on in the show. And I know you mentioned who the Philadelphia Eagles are pretty high on, guys like Tay Gowan, Kerry Vincent. But who are you high on? Uh, of the young players, I assume, obviously, we, we mentioned the starters tone are, are pretty rock solid. That's one of the best groups in the NFL. So it's tough not to be high on Darius Slade, James Bradbury, Avante Maddox as a trio. As far as the younger players, yeah, I mean, a lot of unproven, a uh, lot of bodies, a lot of unproven guys. Um. But of, of that entire group, the guy that intrigues me the most is Tay Gowan because um, Tay is everything they look for physically uh, for an outside corner. He's about very long, uh, very fast. Um, You'll have to see if he can hold up physically. I, I do think it was a little bit interesting that when they started spring work, he was behind Mac McCain, which kind of surprised me. So maybe there's a little bit of a, um, you know, sort of the, the spring is more about classroom work, so to speak. So maybe Mac's picking up things a little bit quicker. You have to see how it all shakes out. But from a physical standpoint, Kate Gowan's 
everything they looked for in an outside corner. They wanted to draft him. Now, late in the draft, he was a six-round pick. They wanted to draft him. They weren't able to, um, and they got him in the Zach Ertz trade. Um, so they, they've had their eye on him for a while. He's just a good developmental prospect. But I am concerned. I don't think any of their young cornerbacks are ready to play. If, if somebody was were to go down. So Zach McPherson would be the first guy in there. I don't think he's ready to play. Tay Gowan, Mac McCain, Kerry Benson, probably a bit of a concern. So maybe that's where a guy like Jimmy Moreland, who they picked up on waivers, has got a, a little bit more experience. Maybe he's got a better chance than people realize because he – sort of knows how to play at the NFL level. Yeah, it's, it's interesting because before we brought in James Bradbury, I was of the mindset of, look, I understand we lacked depth at that position, or I guess we lacked reliable veteran talent outside of Darius Slate and Devontae Maddox. And, you know, it's been a, quite some time since the Philadelphia Eagles cornerback room has been this stout, right? Having a guy like Darius Slate, uh, who's been reliable throughout his entire career, who had arguably and maybe a career year last year, um, you know, maybe from uh, various angles. Uh, Avante Maddox, in my opinion, who had an amazing year last year. One of my favorite plays by him was um, the, um, the batted down pass to Robbie Anderson in the end zone was a touchdown saving play. Um, that, if, if, if that if that ball gets through, who knows who knows what we're talking about? You know, maybe we're 8-9 and nine instead of 9-8. and eight. Uh, And then – you know, bringing in a guy like James Bradbury, a guy who's had a solid career throughout, had a bit of a downward a downward tick last season, mainly because of the Giants not having too much depth behind him at that safety position. He got left hanging. But when it came to those young guys, I'll be honest, John, um, my mindset was let these guys grind it out. Let these guys battle it out. And that was prior to James Bradbury coming in. I knew we needed extra help there, but I was willing to allow those guys to battle in training camp because in my mind, Iron sharp as iron, and eventually the cream will rise to the top. Yeah, I mean, you know, that's what Nick Sirianni, Nick Sirianni always talks about is that competitiveness that uh, uh, he wants guys competing. And it's interesting, there isn't a lot of jobs open on this team, especially amongst the starters. Like That's the first. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, right guard, there's a little bit of a competition. Third receiver, um, you know, who's going to be the second linebacker? There's a few things, you know, maybe one of the safety spots. Uh, but you you could feel, feel pretty confident if guys stay healthy, they're going to be starters. And that's the case with Slay and Bradbury and Avante Maddox at corner. Um so when you talk about the rest of the bodies, they, they have 13 corners on this 90-man roster, Tone. Um, so you're talking about 10 other guys. Yeah, just let those guys compete. None of them are proven. The, the next most proven commodity is what I mentioned, Jimmy Moreland, who played in, in Washington a little bit, uh, was with Houston. Um, more of a nickel back, more of a slot corner, so he would potentially be a backup for Avante Maddox. Zach McPherson played a handful of snaps last year, but he, he didn't play a lot, and he didn't play well when he did play. Um, and, and then you talk about 
those other guys that the Eagles talked about all offseason before they got Bradbury. You remember they were talking up Tate Gowan and Kerry Vincent, Mac McKean. Nick Sirianni would bring him up. Uh, Howie Roseman would bring him up. Um, those are your young players you're looking. And then the Eagles spent a lot of money in undrafted free agency on corners. They got Josh Joe from Alabama. They got uh, Mario uh, Goodrich from Clemson. I'm, I'm glad you brought those guys up because I want to know, do you think guys like Mario Goodrich and Josh Joe, and excuse me for cutting you off, John, but – do you think those two guys in particular can challenge guys like Kerry Vincent and take Gowan for those backup roles or even challenge uh, Zach McPherson, the guy who had an up and down rookie campaign? Um, yeah, I mean, that's why I said it should be a true meritocracy in the fact that, you know, whoever is best should should be on on the team. The problem is, look, you're probably going to keep six corners to start on the 53. Or, as I mentioned with Jody, are locked in, and that's barring injury, and that's Slay, Bradbury, Maddox, and and Zach McPherson. Those guys are locked in. And and so you're talking about two spots. And I would say, you know, judging by spring work, you know, Mac McCain starts ahead. Josiah Scott starts ahead. But I do think Tate Gowan – Kerry Benson, and and even the young guys um, have a chance to to open some eyes uh, because there is no proven commodity uh, other than a little bit, as I mentioned with Jimmy Moreland. So I I would say odds are with Job and Goodrich and also Josh Blackwell uh, out of Duke practice squad most likely is their goal the first season but look if they go out there and outplay Tay Gowans of the world Mac McCain's Josiah Scott's yeah why shouldn't they earn a lot of times GMs Jody and I talk about this all the time a lot of times GMs like to show off with undrafted players and say look I found this guy he wasn't drafted so you have that part of it in the equation as well so let's take it a step further, right? I have a question because, you know, earlier in the offseason, the Jesse Bates rumors were at an all-time high. Now the word is he most likely will not show up at training camp and he doesn't plan on playing on the tag. Now those rumors have started to arise again. Eagles fans are shooting for the hills when it comes to Jesse Bates. Me personally – I think it's a far cry from even happening. I don't even think financially or fiscally it makes the most sense for us at this present moment. But I could be wrong. You know, what are your thoughts on the, the I guess you'll say, the, the return of the Jesse Bates rumors coming to Philadelphia? Well, I, I mean, it's it, 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 yeah, it's one of those things where, okay, you know, the Eagles need a safety even though they sign Chikwaski uh, uh, Tart. Um they still need help at safety. So, you know, he's a fit from a football perspective, certainly. You know, if he walked in here um, tomorrow, he'd be the best safety, obviously, on the Eagles. And he's one of the best safeties in the NFL. So that's not necessarily a knock on the Eagles. I have seen, you know, look, you can't just give away players you don't want. So I've seen this sort of mentality. We'll give him Andre Dillard. And, 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 you know, 
something else for Jesse. Well, why does Cincinnati want Andre Dillard? And the thought is, well, they had a bad offensive line. Well, they did last year, um, but they did a lot in, in free agency. They brought in Lyle Collins from Dallas. They brought in Alex Kappa uh, from Tampa Bay. Um, and they have Jonah Williams as their left tackle, who was drafted in, in 2019 as the 11th overall pick, I believe. Same draft as Andre Dillard. Like, the, the, the Bengals don't want Andre Dillard. It's not a fit. It's not a fit for them. So you can't just say, hey, give us one of your best players and we're going to give you something we don't want. I mean, too many fans go in that direction. It's, you know, it's not a, it's, it's not a fit from a trade perspective with what Cincinnati would need. Now, that's number one. Number two, Cincinnati's not going to give away Jesse Bates. Um, there's not much he can do. He's not going to sit out the season. Ultimately, he's going to come in. Uh, you get significant fines if you don't show up for training camp. And those fines are no longer allowed to be waived. So um, he, he he's going to lose a lot of money if he sits out. Um, so ultimately, you know, he doesn't have to sign his tender and those fines won't start accumulating. So I guess in theory he could, you know, sit out the season. Um, but I don't think he's going to go that route. And, and then from the Eagles' perspective, you, you, you're going to have to pay significant, significant money. Obviously, he's not playing. He's not happy with the franchise tag. So you're paying top-of-the-line money, plus you're going to have to give up probably a first-round pick. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so, I no. In short, for all those reasons, I don't think it's a fit. Yeah, you know, fiscally, you know, you know, from you know, from an asset and capital perspective, it just doesn't make sense for us right now. Um, I don't see Howard Roseman giving up a first round pick for his safety in any way. Um, we got about five or four minutes left in the show. John, let's have a little fun. So, uh, I have a, I have a few questions for you. I want you to give me a little bit, a little bit of some of your uh, astute predictions. You know, that's the time of the year right now. Uh, people are throwing our predictions in their list. So, I'm going to ask you. For, I'm going to ask you about the three stat categories that Eagles fans care about the absolute most. And that's touchdown. <laughs> that's touchdowns, that's interceptions, and that's sex, the infamous sex. Now, what I want to know from you, in your eyes, by your estimation, as we know now, as the team is presently constructed right now, who leads the team in touchdowns? Now, this excludes Jalen Hurts because obviously he's the quarterback. He's going to have the most touchdowns because he's responsible for a lot. But from the skill position guys or the running backs, right, who leads the team in touchdowns? And then on the, on the defensive side, who leads the team in sacks? And then who's going to lead this team in interceptions? Go. Um, touchdowns is probably the toughest one because I could see that going in a lot of directions. Um, um A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, Dallas Goddard. Can't see it going to Miles Sanders. Um, <laughs> hey, he might surprise us this year, John. He just might surprise us. You know, there's a lot, of, I, a lot on the line for him. Yeah, I think because of his size in the red zone, and I, I think it's going to be A.J. Brown. Um, hmm. uh, but that can go in a number of different directions. Um, 
Sacks, it's going to be Hassan Reddick if he's healthy. I mean, this team hasn't had an edge rusher who's had double-digit sacks since Connor Barwin in 2014. So, right. so it's been a while. Um, and he's got he's been able to get double digits in Arizona and Carolina. So even if it's eight or nine, um, he's going to lead the team in sacks. Um, and then interceptions – you know, I think it's going to be Bradbury because he's going to have the most opportunity um, or Marcus Epps. But I, I think it's going to be Bradbury. Um, teams aren't going to want to throw at Slay. Uh, they got to throw somewhere. And and he's going to have those opportunities. And I think he's coming off a a down year. But as I kind of mentioned, Tone, he he played through an injury last year. So that was part of it. And he's a he's a really good playmaker. He's really good uh, with his. He's a really good zone corner. The Eagles are going to play a lot of zone, at least on his side. Um, he reads quarterbacks well. He's a veteran player. He's very savvy. Uh, so I think it's going to be James Bradbury. And that's by the way, of those three categories. Um, now I say Reddick would be the most competent, followed by Bradbury, followed by Brown on touchdowns. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah, I would agree with that as far as you know, being the most confident about Reddick, right? He had he has to be successful this year. Like this team's and the defense the, the success of this team, the success of the defense hinges on Hassan Reddick being able to get to that quarterback, but also just the defensive line being able to generate pressures and, and, and penetration and creating gaps and creating lanes for guys on the second level to probably, you know, leak through and get to that quarterback or just prevent uh, the running backs from being able to get to that second level and beyond. But no, you guys, it's been an amazing show. It's been an amazing Monday here at Birds 365 for Jacob Sports. And again, make sure you guys go check out John McMullen's pieces on jacobsports.com. And also, when the season comes around, Domo, the man, the myth, the legend, the Hall of Fame voter, Paul Domowicz will be writing for us as well. So make sure you guys lock in on jacobsports.com. There's a lot of content going on there every single day. So you guys do not want to miss out on this. Why would you want to? The Philadelphia Eagles season is, is going to be electric. This might be the most exciting season that we've had in quite a long time. And you want to be along for the ride. You want to know the ins and outs of your Philadelphia Eagles. You don't want to miss a beat. But, John, I have to ask, are you going to be here tomorrow? Because Jody's going to need you to hold him down. I, I I am planning on it. We're all day to day, we say, Tom. But I am planning on being here. Hey, absolutely, my man. And look, I'm going to do, as I always say, my best Jody Mack impression. John, Eagles fans, we'll be back in two and two. You've been listening to Birds 365, the destination for the passionate Eagles football fan who bleeds green. If it's Eagles football, we're talking about it. Debate inside the locker room and guests that are some of the greatest football minds from around the region. We hope you enjoyed the show. We know we had a blast. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with us on social media at Jacob Sports. See you next time on Birds 365. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. 
Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.